The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. Ahoy there. Aye aye, matey. Matey. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I got one. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. <laughs> aye, aye, Captain. Oh! Who lives in a time turner back in 1970? <laughs> aye, aye, Potter. Okay, and we're done. <laughs> so okay. It was so terrible. Oh, man. That's kind of one of my favorite. You said ahoy, and I was like, I would have totally responded with aye, aye, Captain, like Spongebob, and then you did it. It's awesome. I'm glad we're all on the same wavelength now. This is fun. Anyway, uh, we apologize in advance for everything. Um, My child is going through the three-month growth spurt, sleep regression, whatever the fuck it is, and basically didn't sleep between the hours of 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. this morning. Um, Kat was apparently not alive repeatedly last night and, like, wasn't breathing. I was, I was alive, okay? I She almost died. I did not. <laughs> don't telling everybody say I'm good. that. Sometimes I can even don't hear their voice. Don't say that. <laughs> no, she's okay. But she's got the sleep apneas, so yes. Kat didn't sleep well. And Annabeth's and pregnant. And so. I have <laughs> issues due to issues on top of issue sandwich. Yes. I love that so, you're just, and Hannah just big pregnant. Like, that's, I mean, that's, that's just, it, <laughs> at any point after 30 weeks pregnant, you just don't sleep well. Like, no. that's not a thing. It doesn't exist. <laughs> so... In short, and all of us. Apparently, are one of our listeners thinks Kenny's name is Ricky, so that was. <laughs> <laughs> I missed yeah. that as well. They commented on the giveaway post and was like, I like it when you found out about Hermione's parents and then you slapped Ricky. And I'm like, <laughs> Who's Ricky? Ricky is Audrey's boyfriend. <laughs> what the crap is this? And I texted her, I'm like, I'm the screenshot, and she's like, when did you slap Ricky? And I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. Uh, I have to say, like, I know this is going to air way after the giveaway, but, like, this is probably one of my favorite things we've ever done just because there's so many things coming up from, like, old seasons. Like, oh, God, when Kat finally found out that Maya turned into a fox and then realized what the top-tier Patreon was and was so mad. <laughs> She didn't talk to us for like two days afterwards. <laughs> hey, I'm still mad at you about giving me crap for that Tonks thing that I thought was something. And then Shia's like, it's no not one, really that big of a deal. No one has mentioned that yet. 
I'm sure nobody's by the time this, the ta- this is live, but nobody's mentioned how bitter she nobody's was Nobody's mentioned about the Tonks rant. I know. It, oh. it was Cat's it was Ludo Bagman. Yeah, that was in, my Ludo In the line Bagman. of Potterless, for those of you who have listened. But yeah. anyway, no, this has been a blast. And I love all of the commentary. Also, I like the people who are like, hey, remember that time when we were like, hey, Australia could use some rain? And Claire was like, okay, Australia, get some rain. And then we all got fucking flooded. And I'm like, this is great. Thanks, guys. And people are like, yeah, remember the time you predicted a pandemic and then a pandemic happened? Hey, remember the time you predicted all of the natural disasters? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. He's fine. <laughs> I think you need to start using your powers for good and predicting good things. I did. I said I thought 2021 was going to be phenomenal. And we are getting more vaccinations. The, the vaccines are were working until Better. people decided not to get vaccinated and then the Delta variant came in. But we are working on it. We are improving. Yeah, we are. I, I know somebody who checks we're, the we're world meter it. frequently and the numbers are going down. So, like, it's fine. And so before we started recording, you were saying something about uh, powers for good and pulling cards. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so um, I do tarot as sort of like a fun little activity. Actually, my therapist loves that I do it because I'm like, yeah, it's like a meditative thing. And like if I pull really bad cards, I work really hard to make sure those bad things don't happen and then they don't. So I don't know if they would actually happen, but like I use it as a way to like focus. And she's like, that's awesome. So anyway, I've been playing with fertility tarot because I did have a tarot reading done when I was trying to conceive and it was scarily spot on. She predicted the month I got pregnant. She predicted the gender. She predicted that he was going to be on time or maybe a little bit late. And he was, she predicted that he was going to be extremely healthy and perfectly average. And he was in like the 50 to 60th percentile for everything really crazy. So I was like, man, if this chick can do it, maybe I can. Um, so I decided to start with something easy, like predicting genders. Um, so swords and wands are for boys. Cups and pentacles are for girls. Of course, swords and wands are for boys. Hello, penis reference. Anyway, (laughs) sorry. It just makes me really, like, I giggle. It's funny. Anyway. Well, and cups being a container. Yes. Yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then pentacles are basically coins. So, like, round things are apparently feminine. But, um. Curvy. Ah. Anyway. um, So, I did a poll for my sister-in-law, my next-door neighbor, and Hannah Beth. And I pulled for my sister-in-law and got a boy. And she is, in fact, having a boy, which is four for four. Uh, Me, my sister, and both of my sister-in-law's sisters-in-law all are having boys within 10 months of each other. I started it. My sister-in-law is finishing the train. Woof. Uh, (laughs) And one of my sisters-in-law already had her baby, and he's so cute. But anyway, um, so I was right about her. And then I pulled for my next-door neighbor, and I got cups. And so I asked her the other day because I knew she was finding out. And I was like, hey, what are you having? She's like, I'm having a little girl. And I'm like, baller. So I'm two for two. And I pulled cups for Hannah Beth. So this is me predicting that Hannah Beth has a girl. And if I am wrong, y'all can never blame natural disasters on me again because it is all coincidence. So this episode is set to come out. So it is currently September 14th. And this episode is set to come out on... Um, October 1st, so I'm due at the end of October. So it will actually come out still prior to me giving birth, 
please, yeah. Lord Jesus. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, do not give birth in two weeks, please. <laughs> Thank you for everybody's sanity on this call. Okay, great. Yes. Um, yeah, so it will still be predictive because it will still be future even when it gets published. Yes, yes, yes. Very exciting. Uh, speaking of becoming a mom, uh, today is also my mom's birthday, and she doesn't listen to this show, thank God, but shout out to the mommy. Um, thank you for putting me on this earth so I can do wonderful things like reading my best friend Harry Potter smut on the internet. <laughs> and with that, and catch what like, had happened was... And with, <laughs> and with that, cat, what happened was... What had happened was is it's going to be a boy because Hannah Beth looks like a boy mom to me. But we... <laughs> okay, you know how you have those people that you're like, you were just born to raise boys? Like, is that a, yeah. no offense. Is that a compliment? Um, yeah. As a boy mom, because... yes. <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's just like I hate it like when people give people like um, – ludicrous crap like can't make a boy well he was meant to be a girl dad like leave him alone hmm. <sighs> so what happened <laughs> and then i said well you have enough money to get ivf you could just make her your wife have a boy but anyway that is true that is the one perk of ivf that yeah, I'm just like, you almost have makes money, up for the thousands and thousands of dollars that it costs and the heartache that it costs. Okay, anyway, the dead of time. Anyway, oh yes, that was the other thing. Somebody mentioned one of their favorite things in the two-year giveaway, which all of that conversation got cut, didn't it? Anyway, uh, well, some of it got cut, maybe. Anyway, the two-year giveaway conversation got cut, but we were talking about things that people have said brought back great memories, like Kat getting super pissed off and not talking to us for two days after she realized that Maya turned into a fox, and that was our Patreon uh, tier. Oops. Um, but somebody said, I love when you guys say anyway, spelled H-E-N-N-Y, and that made me so happy. Also Kat, because she likes Henny. But... <laughs> So, anyway. The dead of time. What happened was. What happened was. That's what I was supposed to say. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Okay, so. (sighs) Okay, so. Somebody had to be a spy for the order. So, that happened. And then there was stuff. Sorry, guys, I'm not, my head doesn't work today. No, it's fine. Okay. We're all sleep deprived. So then, like, something happened with, um, something, that Wilkes person. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They tried to recruit Wilkes as a spy. Uh, yes. He was a Death Eater, and they tried to pull him over to the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. And then... They were given serious crap about whether he's going to propose to Maya or not and being like, well, James did it. And he's serious, just like, well, not I don't. <laughs> yes, serious, not Wilkes, yes. And they're like, well, James did it for Lily. And he's like, I don't want to do everything he does and all this stuff. So then there was something that happened where they were like, oh, crap, stuff is going down. So we got to get our wands and like do spells and like super secret squirrel fighting shit. And then... um. 
there's a lot of arguing about stuff, and then Maya's like, well, I have to pretend like I didn't know any of this was going to happen because I'm not allowed to talk about things. And then um, they find out how, well, we found out. Well, they don't really find out. We found out how Mary died, and that's because Pettigrew is a butt nuggets and he can go suck it. And, um... There was her funeral and everything, and then they were going to go somewhere, but Maya's like, no, I'll meet you there. And then she pinned Pettigrew against a wall and was like, yo, bro, like, I don't like you. I don't trust you. You're a butt face, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, and she's like, I'm not going to hurt you now, but you better watch your back, homie. Sorry, that was really bad. I will do better next time. That started no, really okay. squirrely and ended actually very accurate. Yes. So the thing with Wilkes is he got recruited and then he was supposed to be meeting with some lower level Death Eaters. And um, the order was going to go in. The, I guess the order was there to like spy on it or something. Um, but it turns out that it was not low level people. It was really high level people. And they knew that the order was there and it turned into a shit show. And oh crap, I forgot. Or was that the chapter before that? The thing with Regulus? Nope. No, that that was this one. That, that was last chapter. And then, sorry, that just came into my mind. (laughs) And Reggie was telling Sirius, Hey, I want to get out. Like I want to, you know, I, I, I need to get out of here. I shouldn't have done this. And Sirius is like, I don't fucking trust you. Um, and then when they went to go find Peter and Mary, Mary was horribly injured and, um, Mary kept saying it was a trap and Peter, and they're like, no, 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 it's okay. We got Peter. And of course, those of us who know that Peter Pettigrew is a piece of shit knows that he was probably the one that hurt Mary. Um, and then they also kill Wilkes thinking that he was the bad guy and Wilkes is saying it wasn't me, um, because it was actually Peter. So, like, a lot of wily shit going on, but um, the rest of it you nailed. So, without further ado... The detail you did miss, really quick, was that in the pinning, Micah pinning him was actually her grabbing his left arm, which... Did you just say your husband pinned him? It sounded like you said Micah Micah. pinned him. I said Maya. You said Micah. It totally sounds like you said your husband pinned him against the... (laughs) Well, that's all really... And Annabeth's husband appeared in 1979. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, yeah, so Maya had Pettigrew pinned by grabbing his left arm, which had been damaged in this giant blowout fight, and had been unable to be... Air quotes. Yeah, yeah. That had been unable to be healed. And so Maya called him out on... The initiation that that the initiation requires killing a muggle born a or a blood traitor or a blood traitor muggle muggle born or blood traitor. There we go. I was like, there was three. It's a it's a three list. Yeah, that's it. You so does that mean we can kill Umbridge? Oh yes, Umbridge would qualify. Okay, but. cool. How would, <laughs> wait, how would Umbridge qualify? She's half blood and was exactly. Oh, no, she's no. not a muggle-born. She's not muggle-born. No, she's not muggle-born. She's a half-blood. She doesn't count. Boo hiss. Aw, oh, we can't murder her to join the bad guys. Boo. Anyway. 
All right, chapter 94. Oh, wait, I have to go to the end of chapter 93 to let us know how many grains of sand we ended with, which was 193,439. Chapter 94, The Lion, the Serpent, and the Cobra. June 25th, 1979. 124,220 grains of sand left. For those of you keeping track, that's about 70,000 less. Maya sat at the small desk inside of Gringotts, exhausted. She had been there all day, having been given the runaround, before even being let into her vault so she could have some of her things moved back into the main potter vault. The goblin who was assisting her, Gornick, vanished a total of 13 times in order to discuss her plans with no less than four supervisors. She made a mental note that if at any point in the future she did end up working in the Department for the Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures, it would not be in the Goblin Liaison Office. Her patience as Maya Potter was a great deal shorter than that of Hermione Granger. She blamed the Marauders. Hold on, I need to adjust my screen. I can't see Cat's face. It's okay. No one wants to see I my need face. to see your face. That's a lie. We need to see your face at all times. Dude, that's also one of the things that I loved in the uh, second anniversary list of things that people love. Somebody was like, when Cat, when Claire says, oh my god, Cat's face, and all of us are like, this is a fucking audio podcast where you can't see our face. <laughs> well, that's why you should become a Patreon so you can't see my face, muggle. Well, yeah, but they only see it for the bonus content. They don't see it for like this. Doesn't matter. I was trying to plug people paying us, Claire, oh, yeah. and you people just People should join Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad at marketing. At least Harry and Ron listened to her once or twice. And, Miss Potter, you are certain you want to add Mr. Remus John Lupin as a holder to your vault. It'll grant him the ability to access, deposit, and remove all funds and property, be it muggle, wizard, gold, goblin maid. At this, the little creature sneered at her. Or otherwise. Yes, and as specified, in the case of my death, the vault will be strictly in his name, with no need for further declaration. Zero restrictions. Gornick nodded at her, curtly, and continued filling out the paperwork. Maya yawned while she waited, sitting and contemplating the future and reflecting on Pandora's advice. She would be the song. She would be what brought hope and courage to those who needed it. Already, she had removed Peter from the equation, at least for now, this making herself a much more pleasant person to be around. Helping Alice and Frank with the pain of the future encounters they would have with Barty Crutch Jr. and the Lestranges was checked off of her list— now, she was at Gringotts, assigning away her personal vault to Remus, who would be the only person in the future that would need it. Another reminder, when she did occlumency training with Alice and Frank, neither one of them had any sort of occlumency or legitimacy skills, so she basically built both of them a bunker in their brain that they can just kind of hang out in. And so, like, she will, you know, it should, she hopes, lessen the pain of the Cruciatus curse in the future. So it'll it'll still hurt. They'll still go crazy like they did, but it won't be as painful. With James and Lily gone and Sirius and Azkaban, she knew that Remus would have nothing. Charles and Doria had begun 
depositing money into his personal account long ago, but when Remus began controlling his own finances, he had caught that James had continued making monthly deposits, and an argument broke out involving the fragile male ego, much to Maya's grating nerves. Remus had agreed to let Sirius and Maya take care of things like rent and food, but any other such charity was ignored on all accounts. At least this way, if Maya was declared dead, either by actually dying or perhaps eventually going back to 1998, Remus would be taken care of. He could not very well deny her dying request that he not starve penniless for 15 to 20 years. As she sat, contemplating a way to inform her best friend of her plans, Maya felt a growing heat against her sternum. She reached into her blouse, ignoring the strange look that the goblin gave her, and pulled out the charmed galleon, she, uh, galleon hanging on the end of a chain, the very same one that James had given her years earlier for Christmas. No one in the A.D. had used it as a form of communication for years, so Maya began to panic when she looked down at the coin as it read, Get home now, R.L. She replied back immediately, What's wrong, M.P.? The reply that came back a moment later was clear. Sirius, R.L. Remus, Sirius? Maya shouted as she burst from the fireplace, tossing her bag and cloak on the floor as she rushed forward to search the flat. When she didn't find either of them there, she began to panic until the front door opened and her best friend stepped inside, looking exhausted. Remus, what happened? Where's Sirius? Remus put his hands on her shoulders and took a deep breath. Calm down. Calm down? You send me a message like that? Then tell me to calm down? Maya, Remus sighed, Sirius got a letter from his mother. Her anger fell immediately and she groaned. They hadn't heard a word about Walburga in years, not since Sirius had escaped Grimwald Place. Despite knowing the timeline, Maya blanked on any reason why that horrible woman would contact her disowned son. Merlin, what did that nasty old bitch have to say now? Remus frowned. Sirius's father and brother died. Her jaw dropped in shock as she remembered a long time ago when she and an older Sirius sat together at Grimwald Place. Harry and Ron had been tearing apart Regulus's room looking for anything that R.A.B. may have left behind, specifically a horcrux. Tell me about your brother. Maybe another time, love. Is there a funeral? I imagine so. I wasn't invited. I got a lovely leather letter from my mother telling me that my father and brother were both dead. That's awful. It was typical. So you didn't even get to say goodbye? Not in the way you're thinking. I said goodbye to them all the moment they blasted me off that tree in the other room. When Reg died, though, I said goodbye by drinking my way through a bottle of fire whiskey with a girlfriend. Understanding her role now, Maya walked over to the kitchen and waved her wand in the air, levitating down a large, unopened bottle of fire whiskey. Looking back to Remus, she asked, Where is he? Downstairs, Remus replied, gesturing to the door. He threatened to duel me if I tried to separate him from the fire whiskey. He glanced at the bottle in her hand, and Maya could tell he was wondering if she was making the right choice. Serious? Love? At the foot of the stairs, she lit her wand and moved through the shadows until she found her boyfriend sitting in the middle of a large room in nothing but his trousers. Sirius's long black hair was messy and soaked in sweat, as though he had just come in from running. After Remus telling her that Sirius had been looking for a duel, she was not surprised. She did wonder where the rest of his clothes were. 
As she approached him from behind, she noticed that his face was angled toward his left hand, where a half-empty bottle of fire whiskey was. Walking around to face him, she saw that he was not looking at his hand or the bottle. Instead, his focus was fixed on the old scar on his forearm, from when Lucius Malfoy tried to brand him with the dark mark. Maya frowned, figuring that he was replaying that night over and over in his mind. Having seen it herself when she went into his memories through legitimacy, she understood. She had watched as Sirius, bloodied and beaten, still tried to convince Regulus to run away with him. "'Hello, kitten,' Sirius mumbled as he tilted his head back to look at her. "'Did you hear? I'm the sole living heir to the noble and most fucked-up house of black.' She held out her hand as she sat down beside him. "'Sirius, give me the bottle.' "'No, it's mine.' "'Then share it with me,' she insisted. "'I'm not opening mine until that's all gone.' Sirius stared at her, one eyelid half-closed. She placed a sweet kiss to his mouth, tasting the remnants of the whiskey on his lips. At her touch, Sirius leant in, slipping his tongue into her mouth in an effort to deepen the kiss. Oh, no, that's not going to happen right now, she thought, to herself, and then pushed him away. You've got the prettiest eyes, kitten. Sirius smiled at her. I ever tell you that? Like fire whiskey. He held the half-empty bottle out to her, so to compare the color. Hey, your eyes aren't brown anymore. Not ever. I know. Maya snatched the bottle from him quickly and took a long drink straight from it. Since when? She winced slightly as her throat burned. He had chosen a cheap vintage, setting the bottle down between her legs. The pack bond ritual. Even when a werewolf isn't fully transformed, the bite can have other side effects. Weird cravings, irritability around the full moon. I guess my animagus form reacted with Remus's bite and made the eye shift permanent. Sirius paused and concentrated, as though he were trying to force himself to be sober for a moment. You never said anything before about the side effects. That's because Remus would pitch a fit. Does it bother you? she asked worried that a bit of jealousy in Sirius would find its way out when he was intoxicated. She looked over at him with concern, only to find him giggling. Actually giggling. Why are you laughing? Chocolate. That's what they used to look like, he said, snorting. Chocolate for Remus. I always preferred this, though. Like, this fire whiskey color was mine, and the other was... And somehow it took Remus sinking his teeth into your neck. He continued speaking as his hand touched her cheek, and then moved down to her shoulder where his thumb grazed over her pack mark thoughtfully. For your body to figure out, you were always meant to be mine. She did her best to ignore the way his eyes darkened, and how his tongue darted out to wet his bottom lip. Nope, that was not what tonight was about. You know what? I know it would have sounded really dumb, but... Because you like the opener, if it stays in, that we did Spongebob, you should have went, Chocolate? He's selling chocolate? I remember chocolate. I remember when they invented chocolate. I hated it. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I can't resist. A plus. A plus, plus call pl- callback and reference. Yes. yes. <laughs> Manly, because I love doing that voice. But anyway. Yeah, and your freaking goblin voice sounds like you're married to Roz and Monster Inc. 
Wazowski. Oh my God, it does. You forgot to file your paperwork. Apparently that was just like a stand-in, like one of the artists did that voice, and or producers or something, and they were actually going to hire somebody to do it, and they were like, no, 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 this is fantastic, we're keeping this. <laughs> yeah, it's in the uh, Pixar thingy on Disney+, Plus, whatever those documentaries are mm-hmm. that they got on there, it's in that. Well, that's like, uh, what's it, Brad Bird, is that his name, that does Edna Mode? It's yes. the same idea. They were like, oh, no, Brad's got it. We we're nailed it. Come to think of it, I think he does both. I think he may be Roz as well. You go Google that. I'm going to keep reading. That was strangely poetic and well thought out, considering how absolutely pissed you are right now. Maya picked the bottle back up and held it out to him. What should we drink to? Sirius snatched the fire whiskey from her and held the bottle up as though to make a toast. The end of the most pure and polluted house, he said, almost proudly, before drinking deep from the bottle. I'm the last of us, you know. The last black. Jamie and I are blacks. While she had associated herself as a potter practically since the beginning of her time in the past, it had taken Maya longer to identify with Doria's side of the family. The older she got, however, the more she noticed that somehow, despite not being blood-related, she was, in fact, a black. The temper alone was revealing, if nothing else. They're still Andromeda and Narcissa, and the Weasleys and Pruitts are technically from the house black, same with the long bottoms. I'm the last of the name, though. It'll die with me. She furrowed her brow. You don't want to carry it on through your children? Sirius barked a laugh. You want to give our kids my name? Maya smiled smugly. Oh, it's our kids now? Of course it's our kids. Sirius sighed and put an arm around her, handing her back the bottle. And I'm an agreeable sort of man these days, kitten. But you're not having Remus's pops. Maya rolled her eyes and took another sip. As long as it's not a whole litter, I think I'll be fine with birthing your spawn. You know what I just realized? When you do your serious drunk voice, it's actually your drunk voice from back in the day. Because that's how you used to do stuff. You used to be like, I want a sandwich. Because you do that, like, stammer. they like, you're not having Remus's pups. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> it's like the time you were in the car with me and you were talking about that Chris Brown song. And you, like, you, because you used to do that when we were younger. When you would get, like, really drunk, you used to be like, yeah. I can rap. <laughs> I can rap. I can sing that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. She ain't his wife. <laughs> yellow bottle chick, yellow bottle sipping, yellow Lamborghini, yellow top missing. Yeah, yeah, that shit look like a toupee. I got what you get in ten years, in two days. Ladies love me. I'm on my cool J. If you we get have to pay for it now. You say, damn it. <laughs> or take it out. <sighs> But yes. Uh, okay, so I can't find any details about how he was going to be Roz and then they were going to replace him or whatever. I'm sure that mm-hmm. there's details like on the Disney Plus thing. But uh, Rob Peterson, so it's not Brad Bird. Okay. Rob Peterson is Roz. And he, but he is a screenwriter and storyboard supervisor and director with Pixar. Yes. So he's definitely, I mean, he is a voice actor, but it sounds like this was his first voice acting stuff. Oh, no, he's got a part in Toy Story. That's before Monsters, Inc. Mm. Yeah. 
So. And Toy Story was also, like, their first foray, though. So I feel like they just kind of, like, grabbed whoever was in the room and was like, here, try to voice. Um, also, what the... He plays um, Mr. Ray in Finding Nemo, too, by the way. The teacher. Yes. Um, the guy... I want you to Google something else. Look up who played Rex in Toy Story and see if he also is the semi-truck in Cars. Yeah, it's John... Oh. Oh, it's Wallace Shawn. Sure. But yeah, no, I was watching okay. Cars the other day and I was like, stop up. Vizzini. Dinosaur. It's Vizzini from Princess Bride. <gasps> oh. That's, that, no. that's Wallace Shawn. Everything's no connected. freaking way. Well, okay, now that my mind is blown. Anyway, the dead of time. I don't know. His voice sounds the same in everything he does. I know, that's why I recognized he was Rex and also a semi-truck. I did not oh, yeah. make the connection. No, you know what life. it is? It's the masked singer effect. Because once they take off the mask, you're like, dang it, how did I not realize that? So when you don't see the human face, it doesn't register in the mind. See, except that that bothers me. On, Hashtag it, that. It, it also, drives my sad head face, crazy. Ed Asner died. Bye-bye, Carl. Yeah, and the um, dad from my Big Fat Greek wedding died, too. <gasps> no. Put some Windex on it. <laughs> yeah. But actually, I was watching Doug Days, which is a series of, it's like a TV series with Doug and Carl, and it's really cute, and I'm glad they got it done before Ed Asner passed away. That's so cute. It is. Okay. Anyway, the dead of time. And there'll be Potters, he insisted. Maya disagreed. There'll be Blacks. No. It should die with me. The whole bloody house and everything it stands for. Sirius growled under his breath. I continued to argue, not knowing why, considering it was unlikely he would even remember this conversation about their future hypothetical children. No, you should rebuild it. Make it a name that's worth something again. Make it a name Mum would be proud of. Sirius said nothing, but tipped to the side and crawled into her lap, wrapping his arms around her waist. She sighed and ran her fingers through his hair, as she had done a thousand times since they were eleven. She wished that they could stay like this, just like this, forever. No Death Eaters, no Voldemort, no war, and no Azkaban on the horizon. How did he do it? How did he survive Azkaban all those years? All those years without this? Without me? And then it... (laughs) Sorry, it's it's obvious. And then a darker thought came over her mind, and she fought to hold back her own tears. How am I going to survive without him? Magic. Okay, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not wrong, but... They killed my brother, Maya, Sirius whispered, interrupting the silence in the darkness. What happened? she asked, even though she knew the answer. He wanted to leave. He told me so when... when we were fighting. Sirius sat up and scrubbed his face with his hands. Fucking little coward jumped into the deep end of Death Eaters, and the second it got to be too much, you can't just walk out. Did he expect to just get a stupid-looking tattoo, and that be the end of it? When he got bored? Death Eater means for life. It means death. Your death. And they... they killed him. They killed my... Maya bit her lower lip to stop herself from crying when she heard the hitch in Sirius's throat, the way his voice began to break. 
She knew how much he hated crying, and if he showed what he perceived as weakness while drunk, he would likely lash out in anger and be even more difficult to control. Do you know, when he was little, he was afraid of the dark. Reggie would crawl into my bed and... They killed him, Maya. When's the funeral? she asked, hoping to distract him with busy work. Sirius scoffed angrily. Two weeks ago. Maya growled, shocked. She'd known that Sirius found out about Regulus's death through a letter and grieved without his family, but she'd always assumed that it had been his choice to avoid the funeral. That bitch! I wouldn't have gone anyway. I hate him. He... so stupid. Maybe it wasn't because he was scared, she offered. Maybe he wanted to finally do the right thing. Unfucking likely Maybe we could pretend. Pretend for me, kitten. Sirius sighed and fell back into her lap. Tell me a story about a brother who wasn't a... Just... Make it better. Maya ran her fingers once more through Sirius's hair and let out a soft sigh of relief when she felt him relax into her body. Once upon a time, a family of snakes awoke one morning to find a magical gift in their home. A tiny lion cub... She smirked when she heard Sirius chuckle. They raised him and taught him everything there was to know about being a snake. Try as he might, and he didn't try very hard, the lion cub still had claws instead of fangs, still had fur instead of scales, and still roared instead of hissed. And, despite being so very different, the lion cub loved the smallest snake in the family, who was very much a snake in every way there was to be a snake. Maya frowned when she felt the laughter die away from Sirius, and he went still in her arms. The little snake and the lion grew up together, but then they were separated by a long distance, and the lion found a pride of his own and grew into a fierce king of the jungle. Don't lions live on the savannas? Sirius interrupted her. Hush, you're ruining my story. Your story is weird, Sirius complained. I don't think you're very good at telling it. Shut up. So, the little cub became a fierce lion, and the little snake grew into a proper serpent, as he'd been raised to be. They became enemies and rarely spoke to one another, and the venomous serpent struck out, biting and attacking the lion's friends. But he regretted it. Sirius had once again gone still, and she couldn't help but wonder what he was thinking. One day, whilst in the snake pit, the youngest serpent came across a treasure that belonged to the king cobra. She said with a grin, as she recalled the moment they had found the fake Horcrux with the note from R.E.B. inside of it. And he stole it away and ran, hoping to share this wonderful secret with his brother, the lion. He wanted to reconnect with him so they could be a family again. But the cobra killed him, Sirius said, interrupting her. Maya frowned. She had planned on changing the ending of the story, of course, but Sirius was just too smart for it. He couldn't be fooled by lies, couldn't be swayed by fairy tales. But the cobra killed him, she agreed. They found his body in the Thames, on the beach up near Gravesend. Death Eaters just dumped his body there. Muggles pulled him out. Maya furrowed her brows as she remembered the truth behind Regulus's death. His fellow Death Eaters had nothing to do with it. He had died a hero. Saved a house elf, defected from the Dark Lord, and sacrificed his life in the end in an attempt to bring him down. Maybe. Maybe he drowned, 
Yeah, and maybe he was really a good person, Sirius said sarcastically. Too many maybes in this world, if you ask me. He grabbed the bottle, taking another long drink from it. She felt some of the liquid pool in the fabric of her skirt. He wanted out. I didn't believe him. You couldn't have known, Sirius. I could have. I just stood back and watched. I had the power to do something. Anything. His voice was soft, and his breath grew shallow, drifting closer to sleep. Instead, I just... just sat back and let my only brother die. When she was certain that Sirius was completely asleep, Maya let out a small sob and whispered, Me too. Oh, God. I'm not okay. What about that line? I did too. <sighs> Wake up. Mooney, get your arse up. Remus opened his eyes to darkness. Serious? When his focus adjusted, he looked up into the exhausted face of his friend, who reeked fire whiskey. Pads, what's wrong? It's, it's Maya. Something's... Sirius frowned, looking desperate, and shook his head as Remus sat up. I don't know how to help her. Remus groaned, pulling himself out of bed. What happened? Sirius made his way to the door and opened it. I passed out hours ago, mate. Woke up and she was throwing things all around the shop downstairs. Half of what's there is broken and the bottle I brought with me is empty. I wasn't the one that finished it. Can't you deal with your own drunk witch? Remus growled a little bitterly. I tried, Mooney. Anytime she tries to speak to me, she's got this stutter or something. Can't make heads or tails of anything she's saying. Oh, fuck, Remus said, understanding completely. All right. He opened the door to the flat and then turned around to see that Sirius had planned to follow him down. No, you go and get some rest. You've had a rough night and you still have work tomorrow. I'll take care of your witch. You sure? I can only take care of one of you at a time. Go. Sirius gave him a grateful smile. Thanks, Mooney. I'll bring her to your bed if I can get her to calm down. After Sirius walked away, Remus stared at the door inside, running a hand through his hair before descending the stairs. He spotted broken shards of glass and winced. Suddenly, he was incredibly grateful they had decided not to store any of their own things in the empty shop, with the exception of whatever had been left behind by the previous owner. He found Maya standing in the corner of the room, an empty bottle of fire whiskey at her feet, and another one three-quarters gone in one hand, her wand in the other. Maya... She spun on her heels and rushed over to him, wrapping her arms around his waist tightly, the contents of the bottle sloshing around. Remus! Remus! Wait! She pulled back from him and looked up with heavy-lidded eyes. Which one are you? She asked, and he could see her trying to focus her gaze. Younger, he answered, already knowing what her issue was. He was glad that something like this had not happened years ago before Dumbledore set the truth spell on her. Considering the future of the war hung on the facts inside her head, fire whiskey was a poor decision for the witch who had apparently had a very loose tongue when well plied with liquor. You having dreams of somewhere else, love? Somewhere? Someone? She nodded and then reached up, running her fingers through his fringe. I miss your gray hair. 
You are so handsome. Am I so hideous now? Remus teased affectionately. I love that smile. She touched his lips in an investigative manner. You should always smile, Remus, even when... Even after... And like when she tried to force the words out, now she was just trying to stop herself from stammering on and getting caught in the loop. He pulled her back to his chest when he noticed tears forming in her eyes. It's okay, Maya. You don't have to say anything. She cried against him. I'm supposed to be strong, Remus. I can't be strong. I'm not brave enough. I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to die after it happens, after everything's gone, and everyone I, I, I love? Stop talking. He could see how this would scare the hell out of Sirius, who had no idea that the love of his life was a girl that would not even born, be born until later that year. I don't know everything you know, and Merlin, I wish you didn't know it either. I wish I could take it away. I, I don't want to get old and send you back here. I don't want you to hurt anymore. I'd do anything to prevent what you're going through. She pulled away from him instantly and looked up at him with wide, amber eyes. You have to, though. You promised me, she said in a panic-placed voice. I know. On the edge of a sob, she pleaded, Please send me back. Always send me back, Remus. Don't take my life away from me. Don't take him away from me. Remus could only think she meant serious, and he understood. It was up to him to send a 19-year-old girl 30 years into the past so that she could fall in love with Sirius Black, and himself at a certain point, but that was neither here nor there any longer. Sirius was the important part now. She needed Sirius, and Sirius definitely needed Maya. Remus was getting exhausted trying to take care of them both. It took so much to get him back, she whispered. He lost too much, Remus. I didn't even do it for me, you know. At least I didn't think so at the time. I just, I thought of him when I saw the spell in that book, and I thought, Harry needs him, and maybe I could give that to him. Though he hadn't a clue as to what Maya was talking about, he continued to stroke her hair, using his wand to clean up the broken glass everywhere before he sat down and pulled her, next, er, pulled her up against him. He took the bottle from her hand and set it down next to him. Tell me about Harry. I can't, she sulked. You know I can't. You can tell me about him because you're not going to change anything, he explained. That's how it works, right? After a long moment of silence, Maya whispered, I miss him. He was my best friend. Remus smirked, pressing his lips to the top of her head. I'm hurt. I didn't realize I was so easily replaceable. You're my best friend, too. She said, poking her finger into his chest. So what made Harry different? How'd you meet? On the train, broken glasses, potter hair, and the brightest green eyes I'd ever seen. Lily's eyes, Remus whispered with a smile. Okay, not to interrupt this emotional moment, but I am so confused right now. Like, how in the crap does he know about Harry? Because, like, I know that he knows about him eventually, but in this timeline... What the crap is going on here? So, when she took him into the Pensieve, he learned about Harry. Oh. Yeah. So I guess I missed that. No worries. That was... Okay, because I was ago. like, what in the world is going on? And also, I think I might have figured out that sand thing, but I think I'm probably wrong. What's the sand? 
Is it like the amount of time she has before she can't go back or before she has to go back? Or is that not correct? Anyway, that's time. <laughs> I will take that as a yes. <laughs> no, we're just not answering the question because you asked either or. And we're not confirming or denying anything. Okay. I refuse to qualify that question with an answer. <laughs> I plead the Fifth Amendment, Your Honor. <clears throat> anyway. I will take what is the sand for 500, <laughs> Alex? <laughs> it's a daily double. <laughs> Maya let out a soft, teary laugh. It was so funny. He was there with Ron. Who's Ron? You'll see, she said, waving off the question. Anyway, Ron was trying to do magic to show off, said this worthless spell over his... Scab... Fuck! It's okay, love. We must wondered what on earth could have happened on the bloody Hogwarts Express that not only had something to do with impacting the future, but also angered her to such an extreme level. Skip that part. Go back to Harry. She took several slow, deep breaths and reached for the bottle of fire whiskey. Before she could bring it to her lips, Remus snatched it from her hands and launched it across the room. The glass shattered and the noise echoed off of the walls. Maya momentarily pouted and then sighed, leaning back against him. He flew his broom, but wasn't supposed to. Malfoy was picking on Neville. Alison Frank's boy? Yeah. Harry stood up for him. Brilliant. Wait, so if he knows about Harry through the Pensieve, then that means Dumbledore's, like, silencing charm or whatever on her has no effect here, right? Or is that why she's stumbling? So she can tell him about the future. She can't tell him anything that'll change the future. So that's why she wasn't able to say rat or scabbers, because that's Peter Pettigrew and that's you know, crucial detail in the future because that's obviously going to turn into Wormtail and going to lead to Cedric Diggory dying and Voldemort coming back and all that kind of stuff. So that's critical. But, like, Harry sticking up for Neville, him knowing that doesn't affect the future at all. Okay, got it. Because I was just like, wait, she's not supposed to be saying this. <laughs> yeah, she's, okay. she's able... Or things like Malfoy was bullying Neville or... That they met on the Hogwarts Express. It's all just details about them. Or that Harry has Lily's eyes. Like, that doesn't change the future at all. Yeah, but the fact that Ron has a pet rat, that's a little sketchy when Peter goes missing. So, like, that's why she can't say that part. Got it. Um, he grinned. And what, may I ask, were you doing? Lecturing Harry to stay on the ground, of course. Always lecturing him, them both. She yawned, rubbing her face against his chest, likely to scratch her nose. He knew that her nose always turned red and itched when she cried. The whole lot of them, nothing but trouble, serious too, bloody reckless. What about me? Remus asked. Tell me more about me. So smart and brave. You t taught n not to be afraid. It, okay, oh, it's okay, he assured her immediately before she burst into tears again. You don't have to be afraid. I'm here. I'll always be here. She let out a long sigh and yawned. Mm, tired, Remus. 
He slowly stood and pulled her into his arms, placing one hand behind her knees and lifting her up. Her arms fell over his shoulders, and her head tucked beneath his chin like a child's. Remus smiled fondly at how innocent she looked when, just minutes ago, she was a raving mess. Come on, then, love. I'll take you to bed. Serious, better not hear that, she mumbled. Very funny. He rolled his eyes and nudged open the door to the flat, carrying her inside. I'm taking you to Sirius's bed. Careful, he sleeps naked sometimes. Remus grimaced as he walked down the long ha hallway, noting that Sirius had left the bedroom door open. I'm aware, he said before poking his head inside the room. Despite being utterly exhausted, Sirius had clearly waited up for Remus and Maya. He looked relieved when he saw his girlfriend calm in Remus's arms. He stood to take her from Remus, who handed her over willingly. Thanks, Mooney. You owe me, Remus insisted with a yawn, before walking out, closing the door behind him. That was actually a really well-placed yawn on my part. <laughs> I'm very tired. Sirius smiled down at the witch in his arms as he carried her over to the bed, placing her down on the mattress gently. Hey, sleepy drunk kitten. Hey, sleepy drunk dog. Maya mumbled, tucking her hands into his hair and accidentally pulling when he set her down. Sirius winced a little, and then decided to just go with it, collapsing on top of her. When she didn't appear to mind at all, he made a pillow of her breasts. You okay now? Mm-hmm. Remus fixed me. He's good at that. Sirius? She whispered. Yeah, kitten? Promise me something. Anything, love. She paused and took a long, slow breath before speaking again. Promise me that you'll, that you'll always trust Remus. Always remember that he'd never hurt anyone. And, and when he needs you the most, please take care of him for me. Sirius frowned at the request, wondering what on earth had provoked something like that. He could not, however, find a fault with the need for it. They were at war. After Mary's death, Maya was probably terrified of losing everyone else around her, terrified that she too might die and leave them all behind. Sirius didn't want to think about losing her. He didn't want to think about losing anyone else. I promise. 123,728 grains of sand left. Running out of time. Oh my god, the next one sucks. Well, simply because we're going from 123,000 grains of sand to 19,000. Running out of time. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. <sighs> yes. Get to the stones, Maya. Gotta go back. <laughs> a plus Alice in Wonderland and Outlander reference. Well done. Oh! <gasps> The actor who plays Jamie in Outlander has a whiskey, scotch, naturally, that is now available in the States, and it's called Sassenach. And I want to oh know. My. Oh, oh, my God. The ad is literally just him talking. And it's him speaking the lyrics to the song, uh, Sing me a song of the last that is gone. 
God's sake, could that last be I? So that song is originally Say Could That Lad Be I? And it's about uh, Bonnie Prince Charles Stewart and him running away to the Isle of Skye after the Battle of Culloden. And so it's just him in that thick Scottish brogue saying, uh, sing me a song of a lad that is gone. Say could that lad be I? And it's just this great like, oh, oh, his voice. Cue water droplet emoji. (laughs) Or like the hot emoji, the sweating emoji. Because Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to have to YouTube that commercial. I already found it. I'll send it. <laughs> okay. That's going on the website. We're going to post that in the blog. But anyway. <laughs> oh, God. I. He's. You know the list? And from Friends, it was like the list of people that's approved. Yeah. He's He and Jason Momoa fight for spot number one. And I think he probably takes spot number one because I'm pretty sure he's single. <laughs> but <sighs> anyway, did you did you watch his uh, his adventuring around Scotland with yes the guy that plays his uncle and they're just fucking adorable as all get out. I love them so much. <sighs> and they wear their tactical kilts. It makes me happy. Anyway, my husband has a tactical kilt. Just as a as an aside it's time to thank our patrons and as a reminder it is october 1st which means not all of our october patrons have been charged yet so we are going to be thanking our september patrons one last time and we will be thanking our october patrons next week and now i'd like to thank our september foxes we've got muggle trucker tyler jade tori miriam leanne camille sierra stacy carolyn sandra martina shannon amber Kenny, Lynn, Claire, Paige, Jackie, Ryland, Carissa, Kara, Kaylin, Sarah, Rachel, Chelsea, April, Matthias Potter, yes, really, Amara, Olivia, Melissa, Audrey, Cassie, Mar, Tori, Crystal, Sarah, Laura, Amanda, Darian, Nina, Misha, Jillian, Hannah, Ash, Ryder, Becky, Katie Cat, Shauna, Chris, Rebecca, Sylvia, Natasha, Catherine, Montana, Dan, Sarah, Michelle, Frau Holly, and Tanya. Alrighty, and with that, we made it through. We did not have to stop recording because of the banshee upstairs. We all survived despite being sleep-deprived. So we will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday! Whip sound! Sorry, I've been watching Community and Nice, yes. There's a scene where they do that and I watched that episode today. Also, I love Chang. But anyway. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.